welcome to another episode of DGEN Cast. This is episode... Alright, I'm gonna look at the notes here. 13. We got a, a... blazing fucking start right now. <laughs> yeah, we're crashing a little early here. So, we got a great show. At least I think it's a great show. Hey, Rich. Yeah, Jerry's out. What? What's up? Rich. Rich. Do you know why old school is the best format of all time? How much time you got? I, I mean, you know, I'm just saying like off the top of your head, what's like the one thing that makes old school the best format of all time? Four strip mines. No, it's actually because Mark Rosewater did not work at Wizards until 1995. Oh, well, there you go. Does that really count as a joke? Shut the fuck up, Rich. Keep going. <laughs> so we've so, got a special guest tonight, guys. That's right. We are joined by the one man who can bring this country together in a very troubled time. It doesn't matter if you're on the left with four strip mines or on the right with one as a conservative. He is the one man that can bring... All of us together for this format that we love called Old School. It is the one and only Dave Firth Bar. Dave, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hey, boys. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. We do have to address one particular note here. Why on God's green earth did you agree to do this? <laughs> I, I guess I just like talking about Old School like a lot. <laughs> and, and I will do it with literally anyone. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> including the the heels of the format so we I, we appreciate you coming on and yeah man talking with us tonight let's do it talk to us about you know your your background with old school how you got started really you're just your background in magic yeah for sure let people know you know who you are and what you do yeah i have a long but spotty history with magic i mean i was a i was a kid when i discovered the game in 90 it would have been like spring 95 like at boy scout camp like so many of us did I was 12 years old. It would have been like, I think like March 95. It was before fourth edition came out. So Fallen Empires was the newest set on the block. There we and go. I was on oh, a, nice, nice. Yeah. Him you. I was on a camp, you know, a camping trip. And basically the older kids were all playing this game. They were all like, see, like sitting on the floor, like, in a, in a big circle. There must have been like five, six, seven kids all playing one like multiplayer game of Magic. Oh, that's awesome. And it was it was all like, you know, revised and Fallen Empire stuff. And I remember seeing a Frozen Shade and it had like 17 like glass counters piled on it because... <laughs> If you yes. look at the card text, it just says for black mana plus one plus one. It doesn't say until end of turn, anything like that. It's just like, right. you pay black, it, it gets bigger and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And in a multiplayer game, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the first card that I remember seeing. And just the, you know, just seeing the, the art on these cards, like the whole aesthetic of this game, like the different colors of magic, like how the artifacts and lands looked, all of it, just the whole package. It just reaches out and, and grabs your your little nerd heart you know it's there's there's nothing else you can do yeah definitely the, the older cards really have like just this this stunning look like I, yeah. I i definitely remember in 94 opening some stuff that my mom gave me i had no idea how to play the game but just being very like grabbed by the art way more so than than a lot of the modern cards so it's, it's good to hear somebody else that kind of has that like man seeing the art and just like that nostalgia behind seeing seeing well, them for the first time it's so evocative the art but mm -hmm. the other thing about it is that it, it leaves so much to your imagination as well right what i love about some of the especially the alpha cards is like 
they don't, a lot of them don't even have backgrounds, you know, like Frazier's just painting stuff against these crazy, like swirly things. A lot of Schuler's cards literally have blank, like nothing um, behind them. Yeah. Actually that's, that's really true. You have like the object itself, like magic these days, like these cards, like so much like money and effort and like brand, like style guidelines and all this stuff Mm -hmm. gets heaped onto this. And so the, the artistic direction is so sophisticated but like the result is like everything looks very slick, but it's like, it's also very busy and kind of, and like everything is within a very, like the lore and everything is all like completely developed, right? They leave yeah. nothing to the imagination. Yeah. You're in their world. It really seems almost like a video game kind of at this point with like yeah. you're at this level and that's what you get. Like, you know, there was kind of the flavor of the art back in the day, but it, it really does seem like nowadays it's just this like. You're in this level, this lore, everything kind of fits with that, where to me it feels very, you know, CGI versus like classic special effects like practical effects yeah yeah i mean the way the way i think about it is like nowadays like you have everything is thought through for you like you are if you're participating you're in the world that they built full stop and that's it whereas with old school with especially the you know the the alpha cards it's like you create they they, yeah they give you like the elements the objects but you put them together however you want and like it's it's completely left to you know there's there's almost no like backstory at all like these are just the the objects in the world and how you put them together like how you build your deck all this stuff is completely up to you and that's I don't know. As a kid, that's what I wanted out of, you know, fantasy tropes and, and archetypes. And I guess even as a, as a grown up, like I want to, I, I want there to be plenty of room for, you know, your imagination to kind of run wild. And, and that's where, that's what I thought they got really, really right in the, in their early nineties, especially. Yeah. So definitely. with that in mind, what makes your imagination run wild? What are your, what kind of cards like really <laughs> tickle your fancy? What's, yeah, what's I mean, DFB playing? Na- <laughs> like then or like nowadays. So, I mean, I guess we, we flash forward. I basically stopped playing magic for a long time. I never played any kind of competitive magic either growing up or in college when I, when I dipped my toe back into it with, with some of my, my roommates to this day, I have never played a single match of sanctioned constructed magic. I've never played standard, modern, Legacy, anything, All right. nothing. I, I will I will toast to that, my friend. Yeah. Good on you. I'm totally, totally off the grid. I mean, I have played, I've, I've been, you know, I've been to FNMs where they, they've done limited. So I enjoy drafting. I, play, I like playing sealed, but I've never, like, I've never gone to like any kind of, I've never played an event like in a, like a Grand GP Prix or, or yeah. yeah, anything like that. Yeah. You've never sullied yourself with the unwashed. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, I came back. I came back to the game in earnest, basically in 2014. Started drafting a little bit, and and then essentially said, "Wow, I want to start. I want my old cards back. I want to start. Actually, I want to take what I've learned from like contemporary draft environments. So, like, I was drafting M15 and Cons of Tarkir. Cons was actually an awesome. Draft oh yeah, set. yeah, hundred percent agree. Love that set. That's when I'm I like, came wow, back to Magic. Could, so. I could do this. Like, I've got some of these old cards kicking around. Like, I want to build, like, a revised cube. And so I oh, started awesome. doing that. Yeah. And then kind of one thing led to another. And then I found, you know, like, the Swedish blog, blog. And, um, and, and, you know, Jayco's EW write-ups and stuff like that. And then I was all in. I started buying into the format at the end of, 20, like, 2015, uh, yeah. fall 2015 or well, so. You, and you've moved even further kind of into it where you're, you're a big Alpha 40 guy as well, from what I understand, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I've recently sold most of my alpha stuff. I've I've gotten into much more degenerate things. So to, to, to circle well, you're back on the to right your, podcast for that. Yeah, to circle back to your question, Rich, the cards that are exciting me the most right now are Jeweled Bird, Contract from Below, and Tempest of Freed. Yes. So we so we actually have an old school cube like that. I think I, I bought about 90% of the cards that are in it. and Way yes. more than 90%. <laughs> I, well, well, it's your th- cube. <laughs> there's, there's, there's been some expensive donations like Ali from Cairo and some beta cards that you guys have donated. And uh, we, we it's an anti-cube. So there's no, you, you have to play for anti every round yeah. if you play the cube. And it's definitely one of those things like I remember playing for anti for anti as a kid even and it was like we were always anti in like basic lands like whatever your favorite basic land was that was what you anti'd so like you know i remember having like beta lands and like fucking losing them and then winning like revised lands back and being like super pissed about it because <laughs> it was like no no mike i know that you have my beta mountain i want i know that's your favorite card i want that not this revised mountain <laughs> you know but like it's kind of it's very cool that like you know, the, the anti aspect is starting to kind of come back around, even if it's for real anti or even just like virtual anti mm-hmm. that I know, like the nightmare 99 format that, that has kind of come around. It's more of like a middle school yeah, vintage that format. That was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where there it's like, you know, you're anti in this and you have to take that card out of your deck. Your opponent proxies the card, which to me is just really fucking cool. Like as a whole tournament where you get to keep those, those proxies of like whatever you're that. winning. That's, that's kind of yeah. rad. I like that. Yeah. It's cool. I've the idea that your deck changes over the course of a, like a day long event is is really neat and like that's that's how it was you know that's how garfield intended it you know <laughs> that your your deck like that you were playing whatever in between you know D games or whatever at, at gen con like th- th- your deck would grow and shrink kind of as you won and lost cards almost like do you guys remember the week in whatever year in the 90s it was when everyone got into pogs for like a second <laughs> oh yeah and, and then so, recently again last year <laughs> yeah obviously the, the, the pog resurgence of 2019 <laughs> well documented but like that's that was the whole thing right like it would your car your pile of cards was like your your pog collection like who gives a shit if you're right. losing pogs you, you get some back it doesn't matter like what the cards are but unfortunately like some pogs are not ancestral recall you yeah. know and, <laughs> or and, black and other pogs are not like scathe zombies or whatever right yeah like there's, yeah. there's this huge disparity and so people really don't want to lose their magic cards as, as yeah. it turns out for the most so, part so are you are you playing actual like games for anti yeah, so I'm going to be playing my first match in this format is this Saturday. I'm All having right. a couple oh friends over. God. Finally, for the first time in like seven months, we're going to play out in my backyard. Yay, yeah, we're going to play in the backyard, you know, masks on, whatever. And we're going to play, my friend Scott and I are going to jam our first match of what's called 40K, which is, it's it started in Europe. And the idea is that you are playing a fully Swedish legal, so like reprint rules and everything. It has to be unlimited back. Oh, nice. All right. And, and, All and right. your deck has, it's called 40K because your, ha- your deck has to be worth at least 40,000 Swedish crowns. <laughs> Which, which right now is about $4,500. Good so God. That's, okay. that's the floor, it's, and you're playing for real ante. If you lose a card, you have to, you basically sharpie it. You get to do whatever you want with it before you hand it over. So you can cock it up. You can like scribble all over it. You can do whatever you want. Oh, man. This sounds right up our alley. You get to draw dicks on a card. That's fantastic. So you're basically like, all you and your friends, you get together, you say, okay, 
We are all bringing X amount of value to the table. And our, our goal for the night is to destroy some value together. And that's that's what we're doing. So this is really like the Project Mayhem, like Fight Club version oh of old God. school that's going on right now. That, I yeah. mean, that, that is... It's a it's still a pretty small format globally. I, I don't know whether to be excited that's or terrified. So cool, <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm... So that's basically what I sold most of my alpha stuff to buy into this. Because this is like the new you know, weird flavor of the week, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we actually have any legacy listeners, but if we did, they'd be terrified by this. (laughs) (laughs) I've got some real stuff in the deck. I mean, you have to like the average, you know, it's 60 cards again, 4,500 bucks or so. The average value of a card in the deck by definition then has to be like $75. Right. So I've got, you know, I've got unlimited duels. I've got some beta rares and stuff like where it's going to get real. Hopefully not too real. I'm told (laughs) mostly you just lose jeweled bird. There's actually now, like a whole community around naming the birds that get passed around and kind of <laughs> like following the the migration of the birds from oh, player to player. Cool. Is oh, that's that, cool. That's which cool. is kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, awesome. I'm excited to be joining that tradition. Nice. Excellent. Well, one nice. of the things that you're really well known for, at least in the old school community, is tournament organizing and especially Skype tournaments and all mm-hmm. that stuff. What possessed you to just sit there and wake up one morning and be like, you know what? I'm going to organize a webcam tournament. Let's make this a thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was, it's very simple. I wanted to play more old school. And Makes sense. I saw a gap in in the you know in the marketplace basically like i want to play in in the next tournament there is no next tournament i guess i have to be the one to to create it so like i said i started buying into the format in 2015 you know inspired by you know the eternal weekend right up from i think it was Pittsburgh that year 2015 and Jayco that was actually the last so. year that Jayco like posted text deck lists alongside the photos so I like I took all that down I scraped it I put it into a spreadsheet I'm like okay well these are you know what was played in this this big tournament I think there were like that might have been the year that there were like 50 something like 56 players something like that and so like okay there's there's like a meta game here I can I can learn about and also just coming through the the deck lists on the on the Swedish mothership uh site also sure. but then I had no one to play with right I would go to my LGS to draft or whatever and be like, hey, who wants to play this format? And so one time I brought two decks and like just like forced one of my like drafting buddies to play. One time this guy in my band who plays trumpet who got me back into magic, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so mad at him. Those troublesome had, trumpet players. <laughs> I had a I had a perfectly good life, you know, before 2014 and before I, getting back into magic. Like my my life for the last like five, six years has been utterly destroyed. <laughs> oh, it's it's like developing a heroin addiction it really you know is. it is it is so so my buddy you know gave me the first push he obviously doesn't play at all anymore oh, <laughs> and, son of a bitch. whereas what? i'm like you know i'm in like five leagues this month for for, for old school yeah and you're drawing dicks on unlimited you know dual yeah lands. exactly exactly <laughs> Long story short is there was no scene here locally. I had to find ways of playing old school. And so I found the this Facebook group, which at the time was pretty small. A couple Italian guys around the end of 2015, not exactly sure exactly when they started this uh, this group for finding old school matches on, on Skype. So I started doing that in like the... Oh, is this the old school Skype group? Uh, yeah, this Facebook. is the old school, the, the one that has now like whatever, I don't know, four, 1,400 plus people. It seems like you and I 
I kind of were on the same trajectory towards yeah. old school. Like it was right around like end of 2015, early 2016. I that I kind of somebody was talking about the format. They had seen Jaco's write up, and somebody yep. talked about it. And you know, I had the same kind of like, holy shit, this this is my childhood. Like this is where I want to be. Like I, I never yep. had power, but like you know, I had duels and I had like you know, wheel of fortune and bolts and things like that. And myself and Hack Zero were. I was in South Carolina at the time, and it was just a like Thursday night. We got together. We'd buy a couple tall boys of PBR and you yes. know, sit, sit and fucking play old school at my like shitty. I had this shitty tiny like table that was basically like imagine like a French cafe table. So not <laughs> not fit for magic. You know, it's like in any way, shape. No, or it really no, wasn't. You can you can barely fit like three large croissants on those things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it's like. There's no play space, but we would sit there and like drink beers and, and play old school. And, you know, we, I kind of discovered the, that Skype group around early 2016 too. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious, like where that group was really small. I remember when I joined it, I think it was less than a hundred, 150 people. Oh yeah. It was tiny and it was hard to find games, you know? Yeah. You would post You'd it po- and somebody. Nowadays you, you post like somebody finds you like immediately, basically more or less. Yeah. Back in the day, you could go, I don't know, most people wouldn't respond. Like you could post and like eight hours could go by, you know, maybe you'd hit somebody, whatever you try in the morning to try and find the Europeans or whatever. Yeah. You'd, you'd get hit up like late in the day. And so you'd be like, Hey, I'm free tomorrow from like three to five. Yeah. It was hard. It was a lot harder. Yeah. 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 I remember that. But anyway, that's how I started making like my first like friends in in old school was playing with guys like, uh, like, like Florian and in Germany, like Matt Moss in Chicago one of the early guys in the scene you guys know ash yeah yep, yep. yeah 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 right he's he's from charlotte originally so I, I met him playing old school on by webcam and these were really early days and there and there were a few guys uh there was a guy in australia there was a guy and a couple guys in sweden and so like a couple of them started to like organize or try and organize like little events and leagues but there wasn't a lot of First of all, there weren't that many of us. And second of all, these things just kind of, they lost steam. Like a guy would say, okay, we're going to play in a league this month. Or we'll try like a one day thing. Like, hey, everybody right. log it on on Sunday. <laughs> it just doesn't, it just didn't work. Right. But anyway, I, I, I kept grabbing these, these one-on-one matches and meeting people that way. And that really helped me just kind of scratch that hitch, you know, to actually play and like make that trans- transition from looking at deck photos, buying a ton of cards thinking about stuff, you know, brewing, whatever, like just, just thinking about it to actually playing and just grinding games all the time. And one might be able to say that you have a little bit of a local scene now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so in parallel, so that was all happening in 2016. At the same time, I got to my first in-person actual old school event, which was the side event at New York's Dax Exchange in 2016. Nice. The, uh, the vintage oh, tournament nice. in Long Island yeah, yeah. that yeah, Nick, yeah. Nick Detweiler runs. So I don't know. I don't know who had whether it was Jaco or somebody else who agitated to have an old school side the next day the Sunday and so I went to that event and I met guys like Danny Friedman in person although I think I'd played with him by webcam before that I met Jaco I met oh, I'm trying to think there's a couple other guys who are still like staples in the scene in New England now like Brett Atmore and Scott Bradley who I had sent him like PMs here and there and he'd be like I'll, I'll be down at this thing on Long Island I'm like all right I'm going I'm going to Long Island <laughs> you know to, to play old school 
with 20 people in a freaking comic book store, right? And it was awesome. And so I, I met a couple people there. And then over the course of 2016, I just started networking the hell out of different, like I went to SCG Worcester and you know, I met a couple guys there, jammed some more games with Scott, met Xanadude, met Jared Desette shortly after that. Found out that there was like a little cluster of guys in Connecticut. And so like, like Xanadude was like, hey, let's start a Boston old school group. He made a Facebook group. There were three people in it. I'm like, you know, the Connecticut guys like have a group. They might have like 20 people or 50 people right. in their Facebook group. They already have a structure. They're an hour and a half away. <laughs> like New England is not that big. Right. So let's like not do this. And like, let's combine these things. And so that's basically how New England Old School started. I said, like, the this is a small enough scene. You know, we have this region. Let's let's lean into the, the people that are already here and, and not go off, you know, making your own thing. Yeah. And then I decided to try and organize my first in-person event, which was in like September or October 2016. I decided to do a side event across the street, you know, at a bar across the street from GP Providence in Rhode Island. As you do. Have no idea what it, what even, like, the format was of that GP. It doesn't matter. There were vendors. <laughs> I knew people would be coming to town. Of course. And we got 10 people to play. Old school. Yeah, I, I remember thinking that was, like, a really big deal when I saw it. Was, it was a like, huge deal. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I remember seeing posts about it that you had made. Like, hey, we got 10 people. And I was like, holy shit. Like, they got 10 people? Like, it's just Out of and, nowhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like, out of nowhere. It, it was, like, me and my buddy, you know, Hack Zero, just jamming in my kitchen. And we were like the only people in like South Carolina and possibly even North Carolina playing this mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. At, at the time. And I, I actually remember in 2016 was the first time I met you, Dave. We were, yeah, it was, it was up at uh, EW. I met you and Scott in 17. Yep. Yep. I wasn't able to go to Columbus. So I met you in Pittsburgh in 17. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I didn't go to Columbus because it was too far of a drive from where I was mm -hmm. at, but yeah, it was 2017. And I kind of remember by that point, like the, the, the scene had really kind of changed. And I, I do think that that event that you hosted was kind of the first sign of life in in America for like an you know an in person event that wasn't just like EW or NYSC. That wasn't where it was, EW. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. Were, it wasn't a vintage event where like vintage players were like, oh, we're gonna play old school. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 I think that's I'm I'm kind of that's that's a really smart thing to point out i think because i think i come at this it from a slightly different angle than you have right because you were you were part of an eternal community mm -hmm. already right that's yeah. that branched out like oh this is this old school thing is a cool side format that we can do you know after we play vintage or whatever whereas for me i was coming into it basically from a blank slate like i said i hadn't played you know i hadn't really been part of anything like i started drafting at this local card shop just because that's how I kind of came back into the game. But like in terms of constructed magic, like I, I had no frame of reference. All I knew, all I knew was I wanted to play with these old cards and I wasn't seeing platforms for doing that. So I started just making them so I could play. Yeah, no, I, I really do. You know, I, I, I want to commend you for that because I, I remember that, that Portland event and when it happened being like, holy shit, this happened and it wasn't a vintage event. I mean, I, I it was some, it was either standard or modern. Like, you know, it was a poor yeah, people format, you know, like nobody has power. <laughs> at 
at like a fucking standard event, you know? But the fact that you got 10 people in Providence, Rhode Island to like play mm-hmm. old school at a bar and it just really did kind of move forward. I think it helped move forward the scene and people kind of started to know like who you were at the time too, because I think that that was a sign like, hey, this format is actually something other outside of Sweden that, that people are going to play. People will actually play this format without provocation. There, there, There is such yeah, thing as they an like, old school player. Yeah, You're not they a like magic player play. that plays old school. You're an old school right, player. Right, right. It was fun to, to be in the scene like from that, like from 2015 on basically, because you could see people like just spontaneously coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another thing I did for a couple of years really, really intensely was I would be on Reddit or I would be on looking at Instagram or Twitter or wherever people were just looking for mentions. If someone mentioned like, hey, I am in this city. If they were in New England, great. But if they were on the East East Coast, who cares? Right. I would just kind of make a note of like who they were and where they were. And and that's sort of how we developed a little list of human beings in, in New England, especially. So after we did the thing in Providence, I did another thing in, I don't know, let's see, where did we go after? that maybe Worcester maybe like Marlboro Massachusetts there were a couple different like little events that we were glomming onto and every time I would do something I would I would just get in touch with that list I saw this person in this one random Facebook group I'll send him a PM I guess discord wasn't I saw this one person on reddit like I'll send I'll send them a message whatever and so I was really kind of like pounding the pavement looking because because again like the population of people interested in this at the time was super low but like all of a sudden like people just started coming out of nowhere in this snow Snowball just started rolling down the hill, and you you could feel it in 2016 for sure. You could feel it in 2017 oh. for sure. And but 2018, shit, very much. Come, so. come 2018, 2019. What have we done? You know, you had just people that you know have been playing for a while, grabbing their friends and saying, "Hey, you should yeah. try this. Like, meet yeah. these people. They're super cool. It's a really relaxed format. It's for charity. Like, you know, it's it's basically the best reason you can be playing Magic. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's absolutely. actually how I ended up in the format. Was literally Jamie handing me a deck and verbally abusing me until I played with him in the Tusks. <laughs> yeah. And... It was uh, another yeah, one of you our dri- friends. Yeah, I, I made you drive down to, to Columbia for yep. an event, and you haven't looked back since. <laughs> yeah, you, you handed me... Oh, I, uh, I know Jamie Blue loves Purple. his blue cards, I, so that um, makes sense. Well, I no, it was, it was our friend Lon's deck. It wasn't, it wasn't Jamie's, <laughs> but it was Mono Blue Merfolk with Flying Men and Unstable Mutation. Oh, yeah, it was Lon's deck. And yeah. right I on. just remember sitting there and flipping through the deck going, like, this is a pile of shit with four strip mines. And, like, I shuffled it up, and I... I turn one flying men turn two Unstable. mutation mutation and went oh <laughs> never mind this is insane <laughs> this, yeah this format is kick ass I absolutely love it yeah I, you know it was that was really early on for us down in the the southeast oh very much so you know we were kind of behind New England Chicago as far as you guys like I was aware of what you guys were doing but you know this the southeast is so spread out you know right. when it comes to like there was Ash there was Dean there was Matt Isaac well you gotta remember you. so think about this is no they, they're Matt none of those so it was Ash yeah who is two was two and a half well, hours Ash, away Ash actually me. lived up here for a little while before he yeah. moved down oh, to okay, the, gotcha. yeah Charleston so area. he was up there he had just recently moved down and had created the southeast old school group and that based off of the Neos group, I was in in the the Neos group and had joined the Southeast group just because I got an invitation from Ash. And you know that first event, you know, I mean, it was he was two and a half hours away. You know, he yeah. drove. Dean had like never been to a Magic event since like '95. 
he had not been to an event. And I think that there were like 16 people. I don't think you were at the first one, Rich. You were at the second one. I wasn't, one. no. Because I, I remember sitting and reading about it and going, wait, they're they're playing with what cards? This sounds yeah. like bullshit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I played no win condition stasis for the I first was, event. I was pretty heavily into uh, Legacy at the time and yeah. was, was a, a Legacy specialist. Mm -hmm. And Vintage was just kind of on the horizon. Jamie would uh, eventually verbally abuse me into playing that too. But have, at the time, it was, it was all legacy <laughs> all the time. Yeah, it. but it, it's it's amazing how the snowball happened. Like, you know, I, it was almost a year of just playing in my kitchen before we ever even had the idea to do something in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And, you know, compared to like what was going on in New England by like 2017, you guys were having like starting to have weekly meetups, you know, by that point. Mm hmm. Where I, I remember seeing it was like Moogie's, I think, is the bar that you guys would. would in Boston. Yeah, yeah. would mm -hmm. would frequent a lot, you know. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious is like what goes into like organizing these these Skype events and in-person events when you kind of started to make this like niche for yourself, not only to play, but like, you know, you're like the T.O. guy. Like when I when I think of like large events in America, I think of Jaco and I think of you. The, the, those are the two people that I think of instantly. It's like if I see an event and, and it's advertised, I'm like, oh, I wonder if Jaco or DFP is doing this or is going to this because you're like the two guys in North America that I think of for large events. Yeah, I mean, well, thank you for that. I mean, what, what goes into, I mean, for in-person events, I think the number one ingredient is the, is the venue, is the location. Yeah. Old school is such a, um, the experience is so driven by, well, it's driven by nostalgia, but it's also, it's just driven by the feeling that you get playing it. Right. And that is, that's a, it's a phenomenon that's so rooted in space. I think more than people understand, like we don't, when you play old school, you don't want to play like under fluorescent lighting, you know, in a, an airplane hangar sized, you know, GP hall or, you know, at an LGS, even if you, if you can help it, you know, no, you, you want to be in a crowded elk lodge yeah you when you're seven <laughs> drinks deep yeah exactly i mean you want i i like playing you know in a bar with with low lighting and and hopefully Hell a crackling yeah. fire or something you know what i mean like we're we're grown-ass men the our, our our free time is very precious right and if i'm playing i want to feel like i'm in a comfortable environment where you know where i can I don't know. It feels more like a living room than, you know, than anything, than anything more kind of clinical. Yeah. Than like a target. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so even like the, even that 10 person tournament, you know, whatever it was a couple months before I knew the GP was coming to town. I live in Boston. I went, I got my ass down to Providence, Rhode Island. It's an hour away if, without traffic, you know, who knows what it was that day. And I, I walked around the downtown area, you know, with, okay. I'm like within quarter of a mile, not even, two three the, blocks maybe a little yeah longer. a few blocks like, of the because i don't want walkable. people to have to go far exactly. exactly something easily walkable that people don't you know roll their eyes they don't have to get back in their cars you want it to be as as frictionless as possible for people to move from you know where the vendors are to your event and so i went to like five or six different bars and i was like looking at their spaces i was talking to managers I was like hey like what's your crowd like on a saturday afternoon at this time at this time you know how will this work and so you know i found the spot in Providence that we would like with like a semi-private space that you kind of step into from the rest of the bar. Right. So you're kind of away from 
the action, but it's still like part of the, it's like a microbrewery. But that that takes being in Providence a couple months before the event on your own and, and putting in the time. And I've done that with, you know, every side event type thing that I've done in New England. You know, I've got, now I've got places in Hartford, Connecticut that I like. I've got a place in Worcester that um, that worked that we'll go back to next time, et cetera. So you I noticed of, you didn't say that you had places in Worcester that you liked. Worcester's Worcester's tough, man. (laughs) I don't know uh, a lot about New England, but I know Worcester. (laughs) Worcester's a little rougher on the edges. I mean, there's a lot of cities in New England that are pretty rough around the edges. For sure, Worcester is the heart of the Commonwealth. It's particularly rough, (laughs) especially especially around the convention center. There's like a dead zone, and the place the place that actually that worked out last summer for us already changed. Like that that model fell through already changed hands it's gone i went back and it was like a perfectly average like sports bar yeah associated with the minor league hockey team Mm -hmm. that apparently wouldn't didn't work out commercially lord and i walked back in there it was like oh my god okay you know what it was like you know the part in um it's a wonderful life Mm -hmm. where he's in like the alternate reality where only bad things are happening toward the end there yeah and he goes to you know the the bar that he or whatever the restaurant and it's like a like a sleazy like nightclub kind of thing Like, because George Bailey wasn't there to, like, stabilize, like, the moral center of this town, everything is fucking different. And it was, it was like that. I went back. I'm like, oh, here's the sports bar that we do our old school events at. Great. I'll go check it, you know, see how they're doing. And it was like this weird shishi, like, cocktail place with the tiny little circle tables. I'm like, no, what is going on? And I'm looking at the menu. And it's like, you know, a $14 martini. Like, fuck you people. No. Like, this is, this is Worcester. How is this more viable commercially than, like, the the hockey team, like, sports bar that you had here across from the arena, like, a second ago? This was a matter of, like, months. Oh, my like, God. Like, I emailed the manager. I emailed the manager. I was like, hey, we want to do another event. He's like, sorry, man, it's, it's gone. I'm like, fuck. But that's so, Worcester. <laughs> that's Worcester. And that and that's and I guess the point is like you I don't know, if you're a tournament organizer, you have your Rolodex of like managers of different restaurants in cities where you're gonna be organizing your stuff. You're doing scouting missions to find I mean, I know like Jaco went through, you know, Fitz in Pittsburgh after the debacle at the um Oh, the hotel. <laughs> the uh, whatever hotel that was, yeah, in twenty seventeen. Oh my god, that was amazing. Uh, oh the Omni, the Omni yeah. William Penn, the, the, whatever. The, that was a the very one, nice place. The one we got kicked out of on National yeah. Gin and Tonic Day, because that that <laughs> we got very kicked out of that place. Yeah, and there's a great. And after that, I know he had like he that. had an Elks Lodge, the Elks Lodge that he liked, mm-hmm. but there were other. I don't know. He couldn't get get it the one year. I don't know. There's a whole like I didn't. I kind of I'm hearing this like second or third hand or whatever. But the point is like you have to. You're like burning up the phone lines. You're going there in person, like making special trips just to get the venue right because because that is what shapes when you're players come to your event the venue like physically where you're playing and where they are where they're spending their time that it's, it's really dictating how they're feeling like how they're engaging with the event and you know how i don't know just just their whole sense of it coming out of it it's, it's real it's a really it's kind of hard to overstate how important the the venue goes to, into in-person events that actually transitions very nicely into our next topic which is lobster com mm-hmm. as it was called this year because as everybody that's listening to this is more more than well aware at this 
point. We have this funny little pandemic going around that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard there's something going around. Yeah. yeah is uh, keeping people indoors, but that didn't stop the old school community. Nay, it uh, emboldened it. And yeah. Oh, despite no. the fact that we had to take to the internet, we had a total of 118 players that all decided, hey, let's all play old school together over a weekend. It was at eight, eight or nine. I'm admittedly reading from the site here. Eight, eight or nine different countries. I know I played someone in Germany. I played people all over the world. I had friends that played people all over the world. It was it was an absolutely rad event. So I definitely had people in different time zones, and I know. If- as a player, like I was hungry for an event like this. Like we've, mm-hmm. we've been doing kind of our own small F and M's where, and we've done a couple like single day events with like 16 people. We have maybe somewhere between eight and 16 for F and M, but like, you know, a lot of it is, is us just kind of, you know, shit talking to each other through discord the entire week. And then, you know, I go get fucking dumpstered and go. Oh, and four Eric <laughs> probably wins and Eric probably wins because, because the Kingslayer is aptly named. Yeah. <laughs> but you so know good to magic yeah but it's it's one of those things like you know i i feel like you organized an event that was at the perfect time when we were all hungry for you know a bigger event like i've I, been I, on a magic hiatus this year and when that went live i sat there and went that i'm playing that yeah i know like i had done the alamo city their covid cup or whatever the oh yeah yeah corona they, cup. the corona cup yeah i did that mm-hmm. which was like pod based but you know there wasn't yep. like a single day you know seven eight round event yet this year to my knowledge and i remember seeing i think i think you might have even messaged me about it like hey i'm, I'm gonna be doing this you know you know do you want to sign up do you want to let your guys know and yeah, yeah. we were all just like yes hell abs- yes absolutely like fuck yeah it's dfb we'll we'll sign up Let's, let's it's Atlantic. Don't care. We're doing yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, we. You know, I, I. Once the twitch went away in my neck, and I was finally able to like move my head back and forth the right way. Uh, I was, you know, I was definitely all in on it. So, I mean, obviously, I, I think that you know the event was fantastic success as far as the rounds seemed pretty quick. You know, I mean, we had maybe and logistically just amazingly handled. Yeah, it it went very, very smoothly. Yeah, I felt like, you know, from my standpoint as a player, it went very smoothly. You had a lot of engagement from Mm -hmm. the the people on Twitch. I know that I shit posted constantly in that as I've (laughs) I've been known to do. And, you know, the charity had a lot of interest. I mean, I want to say that despite not happening in person, you, you had this amazing outreach of people that were interested in the charity aspect of it as well yeah and the the raffle i mean i i I love the the message that you sent me when i was like oh you should just auction the the our donation you were like why would i just take money from one of you guys when i can take it from all of you guys (laughs) and i was like god damn it that motherfucker gets it (laughs) so you know like what what were some things for you that like went well with hosting such like a large online event and you know are there things that you're looking to improve with with being able to do like a single day event i'm just this was huge 118 you were managing the asylum i'm guessing by yourself for the most part luckily not totally by myself Yeah, I mean, thanks for all that. I I really appreciate that. So, I mean, I think it's important to to clear up that it wasn't my first rodeo. And actually, by my count, it was the at least the fifth or sixth bigger single day tournament held by webcam this year. So, yeah, I mean, 
to your point, Rich, like the old school, you know, a lot of folks, I guess, were on hiatus or, or had a, you know, obviously with no in-person events, mm-hmm. but the the hobby is so easily ported online. And luckily, like we already had this culture of playing by webcam. Right, exactly. Um, a, a lot of us, right? So, but but one thing that I had never, like I said, in, back in 2016, we tried to do these one day things. And why would you ever, like, why would you sit at your computer for an entire six day. or seven hours straight? It's in, it's impossible. Like, and, and think about like guys who have significant others or god forbid kids like hey honey i'm gonna go like to my office and play magic for the next seven the hours fuck like, you are <laughs> like, see ya you know yeah given like the failures that we had in, in 2016 trying to do that right never in my wildest dreams would i have attempted to do a one-day webcam event for old school until covid Right. Lately, I've been doing a couple bigger events in New England every year. LobsterCon, obviously, in the fall. But right. then the last year, I had done an event in Hartford, Connecticut that had, last time, I think, I don't know, we had like 60, 70 people at the, the Hartford event in person. Another, another standalone event. So this the second iteration was scheduled for March 28th, 2020. And the world ended on whatever, like March. Hartford Festival, and I think. Y- yeah, the something. Hartford Festival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the world ended, you know, depending on where you live, like anytime between like March 11th and like March 15th, basically, right. is the, the, the universe shut down. So I said, well, I have, uh, I guess my event is canceled. And so we did the first one day, actually, was a replacement event, like a direct one-to-one replacement for that, that we ran on March 28th the the main audience for that was people who were already registered for the Hartford of Festival, course. but but we opened it up. We had like fifty people for that turnout to the one day. That's still so, not a small event by any. No, that, that 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 was that was surprising and and really really nice to see because it validated the hypothesis right that because of COVID everyone's stuck inside. We we might as well try this one day thing, and it also had the the benefit of in this case like people had planned on being out of town you know anyway for the event if they, if they were already registered for it, and so. It was like a direct swap, essentially. And so, like, if you already had, if you'd already cashed in your wife credit or whatever to go to Hartford, you might as well say, well, hey, I was supposed to be there, but now I'm just going to play Magic all day here, and I can maybe do some chores or something. Right. And I wouldn't I have can, been home anyway. I so, can like, empty whatever. the dishwasher in the middle yeah, exactly. of the day if you need <laughs> Come on, me to. Come on. <laughs> been there done that so that was like that was like the that was like the trial balloon that was like the the test that was a science experiment and so that worked and then noobcon got canceled right so florian and magnus's place or uh, organized noobcom which was already like kind of a funny inside joke like just like a funny malapropism for noobcon but that that noobcom thing kind of stuck and so that was a scryings event one day i think they had 70 players you know it skews more european but but it was again sure. it was open to the entire community i did another event in may the havenwood battle that was a one day that was 96 players so that like built on the other lessons from the other events then mano ran his virtual version of the the team event that he had done the previous year mobster con became mobster com of course yeah and so that was awesome because instead of team unified it was like self unified so you build your own three decks and you had to play them it was a random order for every round so you never knew like which matchup you were going to play it was actually kind of awesome that that's kind of cool i like that yeah it was great so you build three decks and then you know for this round it's like okay you play deck b then you play deck a and if it goes to game three then you play deck c opponent does the same so over the course of whatever six or seven rounds you're playing like 20 completely different matchups every single time and and that was fantastic and so that was so that was kind of like the progression of these one day events and so for lobster con 
I, God, I had done so much work earlier in the year. In January, I was, we had run out of space basically at the venue that we used for LobsterCon the previous year. Mm-hmm. It was a brand new event hall. Like we oh, no. capped it out. Yeah, we, we capped it. Oh, like, damn. I'm like, this is a great venue. I have a great relationship with, the, it's a VFW. But it's just not big enough. <laughs> in Davis Square in Somerville. It's like, sorry guys. Like, Can you guys build we'll it, use it for addition? We'll use it for a side event or something. But like, we're, we've outgrown this, like it's like a hermit crab just getting bigger and bigger. Right. And finding another shell. So we found a bigger shell. I had already put it in a deposit. Like we had every, like this was in January right. you know, for an event in September. Like this venue, I'm so excited about it. It'll hold, you know, it could hold probably 175, 200 without breaking a sweat. Oh, wow. It was, it's like right on public transportation, right on the red line, Cambridge. Really excited about it. Have rolled over everything until next year. But like we had measured the drapes, like everything was in place. So it was a huge bummer to to cancel that, right? I mean, this is an event that last year brought 120 old school players to Boston, some of them from Europe. You know, we had guys from the Netherlands, from the UK, from, from Austria, and then, you know, all over the country. You, you know, probably Seattle, would have had California, the Southeast, Texas. which is basically a different country too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I, my, I had talked with my wife about it. We were going to do, so she she's kind of started traveling with me for old school events to certain ones. Nice. She she did players ball with me last year. Awesome. You know we we went up. I didn't do the Friday event. I played the the Saturday main event, and you know we took Sunday and Monday. Flew back Tuesday morning from Chicago, and it was it was great you know and i i had yeah. talked with her about like hey you know let's let's fly up she's got some family in connecticut so we were gonna like i was able to like tag your event in to some family stuff so i i we had planned yep. on you know i was gonna go in play lobster con and then have a couple days uh with some of my my in-laws up that way and you know was really looking forward to it and i i in the future when it does happen in person again i'm, I'm excited to get up your way and have a, a lobster roll and yeah maybe a shot of jameson with you and oh it sounds great <laughs> you and the fucking jameson good god i uh, you know i had to talk myself out of drinking it tonight because i was afraid that like <laughs> i got i got done with work at six and i was like i don't want to be too fucked up when dave gets on here at nine to like yeah no i was i was pre-gaming a little bit and i'm like oh i gotta slow down <laughs> <laughs> well i'm I've, I've almost finished my first bottle of wine so we're doing pretty good so far <sighs> Yeah, God, it is. It's been such a bummer to not be able to do these, like, you know, these destination events, like right. go to Chicago. Like I brought uh, for Players Ball in 2018. I brought my wife and daughter. We spent five days in Chicago. Oh, it's it was fantastic. Fantastic city to go to. I mean, yeah. it's, it's. Oh, my gosh. You know, the, the idea of like a destination magic weekend where like, oh, you have a day of playing and then you can take your family with you. Like, exactly. I, I took my wife and we we did Hamilton Friday night. I played oh. I played Saturday, Sunday. We just like yeah. bum- bummed around yeah. one of the the boroughs in Chicago. And, you know, I think we hit like eight different bars, just Mm -hmm. eating appetizers and having drinks and cocktails at each one, you know? Well, and it's no secret to people that for whatever reason, continue listening to us, how, (laughs) how we feel about MTG. For us, it's really about the TG. The G, we could yeah. really give a shit. Yeah, for sure. About yeah. magic. It's really about the gathering and where you're doing well, it and all of And that honestly, stuff. that's what I said to my, my wife. Like, I had, before everything stopped, like, I was kicking around the idea of going to Sweden again this year, bringing my wife and blowing off the main event. Like, hell yeah. I've, <laughs> I've, played, I've played in the main event. Like, I'll see, I'll see the boys, like, 
Friday night, Saturday night, sure, whatever. I'll, I'll get the social aspect. I'll see everybody. But like, what a horrible use of my time to go to another country and spend seven or eight hours playing Magic. Yeah, exactly. I play old school whenever I want. I play old like I I I'm in a ton of like webcam leagues like right now. Like I have I have all the old school that I can handle. But the, let's go to Sweden. That sounds the, awesome. The people, <laughs> yeah, it's the people and the experiences that are that are more important. Right. Yeah. And I've and I've played in the main event twice. Right. So it's not like a you know I I get I've done the noobcon thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Sick brags. <laughs> <laughs> but like but that's but but for, same thing for Chicago like I could see myself doing that too like if 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 family's involved obviously if it's just me and it's a bro weekend obviously oh, yeah. I'm playing oh, in yeah. the event 100% but it, you do you do have to kind of everyone's got their own kind of calculus and and family situation stuff yeah. that you have to yeah, kind of definitely keep in mind. well so one of, one of the things that I thought was really really cool about Lobstercom was that you had an F and M kind of tagged on to this, <laughs> where you were with some really cool formats. Yeah. So, so yeah. Dave, can you run through some of the formats that you you had on the the F and M stream? Yep. Because. Obviously, in my ignorance of if it doesn't have four strip mine, I usually don't play it. I wasn't even aware. You were talking to me about the 7-Eleven format. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, this sounds cool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Seabiscuit and I sat and we, we, we were watching the stream and we both started messaging each other like, oh, my God, we need to play this. This yeah. is so cool. So, so you know, you, like, you know, Rich and I are both these guys that are just kind of these curmudgeon get the fuck off our porch kind of people about magic. And you actually showed us something that really excited excited us for the first time in a while like rich rich we got there rich messaged me the next day and was like dude do you know about the 7-eleven thing and i was like what the, like is that the thing dave so was we, talking we, about we keep burying the lead here why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit yeah. about the 7-eleven format yeah sure how it so, works. so the, the friday night thing was also an experiment like i this I guess like the theme for this year has been like, well, everything's completely fucked. So we're just going to improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> exactly. We're, you know, necessity is the mother of event of invention, right? Sure, so we're exactly. just going to try a bunch of different things and, and see what sticks. So I said, well, we've done the one day thing. Why not? Like, you know, I, I kind of wanted to capture the, the excitement of, of having like a, a weekend event, like sure, going, yeah. having more of a destination. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so like last year in person in Boston, we had a Friday night event. It was really like it's just kind of like a welcome thing. Everyone comes in, right? And, and that's where you're like, you know, you're seeing all your friends who have just traveled. And uh, so I, I knew I wanted to just do something on the Friday. I'm like, but it's a webcam event. I know I don't like. I don't want to run another like thing with like Swiss rounds. I don't want to run another event. That sounds terrible. And no one's gonna like. I don't know. Just jamming like casual webcam games is not super exciting. So we decided to do this stream of exhibition matches. And so and that also gave us the opportunity to to highlight a couple weird formats. So seven. Um, this is a format essentially invented by Jeff Liu, who is basically a genius, and he's one of the beasts of the bay. He has a beautiful mind. It's a strange mind, but nevertheless. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly strange Nevertheless mind. beautiful. Um, and actually, it germinated on the All Things Considered podcast. There was an episode from a couple months ago. I think it's called like 10 card Monty or something where he was like kicking around some of the like the proto ideas that ended up morphing into this format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's called 7-Eleven. And the reason it's called 7-Eleven is because you're playing with seven, like basically a stack of seven like micro decks. Each deck contains 11 cards. So it's seven decks, 11 cards, hence, hence the name. And the the stack of 77 cards, it's, it's it uses the old school card pool, uh, card pool, including Fallen Empires, of course. And it is the whole stack of 77 is singleton unified so if you use your black lotus in one of your seven decks you can't it can't appear on your other 
six decks, which is rad. <laughs> so obviously it doesn't apply to basic lands, but but everything else, you know, one of nothing is banned. We really wanted a format where, and, and this is one thing that Jeff was struggling with for his the original idea before hitting on like the singleton unified aspect of it. Like, how do you like you have to ban like you got to ban like balance and mind twist and and you know all the all the broken stuff you know, to keep people from or to slow people down from comboing off. I'm like, well, wait a second. What if the whole point is just comboing off like as fast as you possibly can and but you only get to do it once like you're playing like a series so basically you have your stack of, of seven decks right your opponent has their stack and you play these like micro decks against each other you don't die from decking and that's basically i think those are the only rules like mana burn happens obviously right and, and, I and think the rest is just I think a match of magic <laughs> yeah and i think i've basically just described the entire format so what it mm-hmm. what it ultimately ends up being is a lot of the fun is in the brewing right deciding where to put you know do you make a balanced deck? Like building your pile. Where does your wheel of fortune go? Like where does each mox go? And bec- the the singleton unified aspect really provokes some very interesting decisions about where like the best use of these certain cards. And so then ultimately like you end up having a stack with like maybe three, maybe four very, very broken decks that can combo off on turn one or two or just like lock your opponent out of the game very quickly. And a Merfolk but, deck. But the, yeah, exactly. And then like... Two or two and a half, like, kind of suspect piles. What happens when you finish drawing all of the 11, like, you've got your 11 cards? You're just out of cards, right? Are you just out of cards? You go to the next game? Yeah, you're just out of cards. The game game can keep going. There are ways to, you know, some people play Time Twisters. Some people play Felden's Felden's Cane. Felden's Cane is obviously, Felden's Cane is a big card in the format. But a game can end in a draw, I'm guessing. Yeah, we were actually surprised at how few games do end in draws. Usually and I don't one think player... on the stream any any game did. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, usually one player just has an obvious advantage or has locked the opponent out or has disrupted something and has a clear way of winning. So often you play through that, that last draw, but usually the game has a very clear conclusion. By, by that point. So they're super fast games. It's the kind of format that, like, especially if you're just like proxying up your power or whatever, you can just have it. And like at a, at a tournament, it's the kind of thing where like, hey, we've got some time, like, Let's play seven eleven games. So like you can, and you can play the full series of seven or not like say like, we'll pick three and you just like lay your decks out. You randomly pick three and then you just play, a, you know, a couple quick games. And so, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, you have people going off with channel fireball. You've got the turn one kills. You can, you can build the killer like Maisonette rack deck. You can build, I built, um, I mean, I don't want to give too much away because part of the fun is like Brilliant. figuring out how you're yeah. going to lock your opponent out. But there are a lot of like, there's like wheel of fortune as discard strategies. I've seen like a time twister twiddle vault deck, which like to put all that stuff into just 11 oh, cards. That's, cool. that's insane. That's it's so actually cool. really challenging. Yeah. And I don't know There's So there's a, there's a bunch of uh, people kind of getting into this and, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. And, but it's the kind of thing that I think like would really, it's the thing that you want to have take off locally because it's, it's not like, it's not like a sustainable format for like tournaments and stuff. Yeah. Right. It's just something you want to, it's like, it's a bar. It's like a bar room kind of yeah. format. It's well, an it, intermission game for a yeah. game that was designed to be an intermission for D&D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it also seems like something is like, there's clearly going to be best piles, but if you're just hanging out with 
kind of fucking around like and you're like you're gonna play you know you lay your piles out and your opponent says hey we're playing one four and seven and you pick my right. three piles you're never gonna have the same experience exactly we talked about you know how pack wars would have been cool if we could uh, yeah you know like if modern magic didn't suck like you know if you could like make an ideal pack of 15 old school cards and play like a pack war like how cool that would be we we were a little inebriated when we talked about this idea but also how did you manage to get a gripe about modern magic into an old school podcast well i was just saying that like i i play pack wars with my my nephew and i'm just saying it's like uh-huh if i could play pack wars with real cards instead of you know war of the spark i would be much happier war of the spark. wouldn't we all <laughs> so anyway but yeah no the the 7-eleven you know format as a whole just seems very very cool so what what were some of the other formats that you had for the fnm i mean for the friday night we also did we actually had the finals of the beast of the bay 1.5 tournament that, w- that was running so we had toppin who's sort of the the shepherd of that format against the dread pirate paul fierro Th- that's the one that has like the it's like the ban list of I mean, it's things like balance and moat and power and things like that, right? It's 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 almost like if you were going to make a standard format out of... Yeah, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've banned some kind of... I mean, some people come to that, that ban list and they're like, what are you doing? Like, they've banned Birds of Paradise and, like, Lightning Bolt and Sarah Nibifreet. I'm not going to lie. That was my response when I saw it. Yeah, no, exactly. So what this is basically... And I think I, I've talked to Toppin and some of the other beasts about this a lot, too. I think that thinking of it as a format is a little bit incorrect it's what it really is is a it's like an ongoing experimental league the format really started at the beginning of the year or maybe a little bit before that i think they've done like four or five events total now the first one started actually it was an in-person event in santa cruz california where they you know they had the opening ban list and they said okay we're going to aggressively add things to the ban list you know based on this tournament and we're going to see what happens and then they held another tournament this was post-covid so i think it was, it was all online see what wins that like ban that too and it's so it's not like every event has had a different ban list i think until they did one in june and one in august they were they both had a, like a static ban list that was this that was the same yeah more unified ban list for the event yep but then after that Toppin was like all right well let's change change something completely different all the dual lands are now banned and city of brass is unbanned so we're gonna we're gonna push people into like one color decks with a splash maybe and that's what they're gonna do starting next month it's actually kind of cool i like that it is kind of cool it's also it's it can be frustrating for people who are looking for an entry point to it Mm -hmm. but i guess the point is that like forget those guys like this is you know this is a thing created by this club that just wants to experiment together and continue trying things out and iterating and like like they're just carrying this experiment as far as they feel like taking it. And as, as long as people are engaging with it and finding value in it, who gives a shit? Oh, I mean, we, we, we have a format like that as well. We, we have 1.25 which is a, <laughs> a very like ill-conceived format that somehow people actually enjoy playing. It's very, very ill-conceived. Well, I, I got a little drunk. And accidentally balanced. Uh, yeah, like, I, I actually <laughs> I got drunk while writing the uh, BNR, li- the, the ban list for the format and the restricted list. As you do. <laughs> and the restricted list, and I left balance off of the restricted list, so it is actually unrestricted in our format and actually works wasn't out. Wasn't broken. Wasn't broken. It was actually fairly well conceived with the other things in the format. It keeps like degenerate combo decks in check. So 
I just, I remembered the first time you posted it and Ned Leeds saw it and was like, I'm going to body all of you <laughs> with, with four balance. And it ended up being just okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of cool to think that like, you know, there, there are people trying different things within a certain card pool. Like I, I really like the idea of 1.5 being a format that just shifts like they're constantly like hey we're gonna do this in an event hey we're gonna do this like that that to me is just a really cool concept within like the old iterating and making people think right yeah 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 so those are the only formats that were played that weekend we didn't play anything else (laughs) there was okay well maybe there was one more uh, so Atlantic Old School, which is a one of the American variants on the... I, I guess Swedish is kind of the original, right? They're, they were kind of... Very much so. 2007. Swedish is the original Old School format, and we, we're kind of... Us stupid, you know, colonials are kind of... Are improving it. So... <laughs> The main event and the raffle and all of that stuff raise money for a great charity up in the Boston area. I'm not sure if they're national or not room to grow. They are, they're regional. They have, they basically have two program areas, one in Boston, one in New York. Okay. And the great organization, the event raised quite, quite a few, quite a few doll hairs, if you will. And do you, I don't, I don't know if you have the, the figures right in front of you. I, I pulled up the page. So I've, uh, I've off the top of my head, there. I think it was like $10,500 uh, or something. very close. $10,520. Yeah. It was wow. Yeah. I mean, a, a just staggering amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it blew me away. I, I had no, I was, I was hoping. So in events, the, the ones that I mentioned earlier, the other one days and the summer derby raised, I think like 6,000 or 6,500 total. And I said, well, with LobsterCom, if we get to like 3,500, $4,000, I'll raise 10K for the year. I'll, I'll be happy with that. And you know, we can all go home. And then he just blew it completely out of the way. I, I, I had no, I just had no concept of uh, that this was even possible. And I mean, I think it's, I mean, the community has stepped up in so many ways this year the the online raffle really worked oh my god did it work (laughs) it just kept going up you you took my money (laughs) you took i mean i you took a lot of my money yeah well i i think it's you know the mark brothers who by the way is the handsomest man in old school just hands down probably top three most attractive bald guys on planet earth good looking baldy for sure he is dude i just I want to rub his head with some carnauba wax and listen to Enya. Anyway. So anyway. So like, you know, it's, he didn't even, he wasn't able to play in the event. And I, you know, I think he bought like over a hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets just because he was like, holy shit, this is awesome. I wish I could play, Mm -hmm. you know, for different things. Like I know I bought some raffle tickets. Like everybody was excited. You, you had, I, I think one of the, if not the best prize pool I've seen in a tournament, like an old school event. It wasn't even a prize. It was a raffle pool. Yeah, raffle pool. (laughs) I mean, it was just, it was absurd. I mean, you had... There were professional altars. There were, there was our beer token. There was all sorts of just crazy things. You had, you had a set of, were were the factories altars? I think they were altars, right? They were altars, yeah. Yeah, there was like the the Menjas, Jeff Menjas had... Had, the lobster yeah. divine offer. Oh, oh my god, god, I wanted that so bad. God, I was so sad was, I didn't win that. Yeah, that was like I mean, you, you really just had set up, you know, just such an amazing 
pool of things for the raffle. Yeah, I mean that was that was largely thanks to the the old school Discord, the, the altruist community on the Discord. They went ham. Uh, they did. I wandered in there one day and I was like, "Hey guys, I'm doing a charity event. Can you you know feel free to donate some things?" And people just came out. I mean, Park Cofield did like I don't know eight or nine altruists for me. Uh, altruists in like Germany sending a bunch of stuff. I mean, there were probably like seven or eight different just really talented people just from the discord alone there was the the dude sword to plowshares which i'm very oh yeah that was from hawaii that was awesome i was so sad i didn't win that either (laughs) i would have really liked that i i thought it was so cool to just have like these altered cards you know like you know to any any collector or something they're worthless but to us they're priceless you know, yeah, and and yeah, I think exactly. that that when I saw it, Rich and I were talking. It really exemplified old school. Yeah, Rich, Rich, I was just gonna say, as you and I were talking one night, and it was just a pile of defaced cardboard that to anyone else would be worthless, and to yeah. just like Jamie said, to us was priceless. Yeah, we were we were talking about it one night about how like these would be worthless to anybody, but like I would pay a small king's ransom for any one of those cards because they were like just so unique and so special to the event, and I you know I have to commend you for just having something that like you know you could have just been hey we're raffling you know a ce wheel of fortune we're doing you know but instead it was these that's not nearly as cool (laughs) it was it was these very unique like items like they were like funny funny story about that there was a ce taiga that was donated and the guy who won that he's he's actually from neos he demanded that i stamp it that's awesome he's like i i don't want a ce taiga you're destroying you're you're destroying the value basically you put that event stamp on that thing before you send it to me yes um, See, so amazing. even even that like pristine like little bit of value that was donated and that was available as a prize even that did not that's escape beautiful you know, I, the stamp that, so. that warms my cold dead heart i love it and that's that's what it's all about i mean old school is like we are about creating value by destroying it <laughs> yeah and unique and novel experiences yeah so atlantic old school a little bit of an elephant in the room we've railed on it in the past just a little bit but that's what the event was and yep. i i think that one of the things that we've never really done on the cast is just kind of do an overview of old school because it, it is kind of a regional thing and it is kind of a club thing as to what people prefer and what people play so this gave us a really good opportunity to have you on as one of the foremost people of you know the whole new england old school scene to talk to us about what is atlantic old school how did it start how do you guys decide on rules yeah sure so yeah, we'll, we'll just, uh, what's the story of the format? Yeah. I mean, so I, I guess the first thing I would say is that it's, I would push back at the suggestion that Atlantic is an American format. I think it's a, the, the entire like origin of, of the rule set is very international. Okay. And, and very, and, and for, for practical, for very practical reasons. So like at the top of the cast, you guys asked me about organizing events and, and, and like, you know, why I started out as a TO and I said it was, you know, to create, to create something where there was nothing before, like to, to, to fill a need, you know, that I saw like a gap, something that was missing from the world that I saw people like asking for. In the case of the events, it was like my need to actually play old school and there were no events. So I made some Atlantic is really, it's a standard that was born out of necessity just to solve a practical challenge. And that practical challenge was something that we were seeing on the 
the webcam Facebook group. You know, people are looking for games. There are these two standards, right? There's the Swedish and there's EC. Right. These these are the two established standards. Obviously, Swedish. You have NoobCon. And they're very disparate which is, between the Which two. is drawing. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. You have NoobCon, which is drawing hundreds of people. You have Jayco's events, you know, in conjunction with Eternal Weekend that have drawn, you know, a few dozen, then 50, then 80, then 100 plus, then, then 200 people, right? So these standards have proliferated. But exactly to your point, Rich, like they are so different. And so... You have people looking for games in this very, in international waters, effectively, literally, like in this this virtual space that has no boundaries, that doesn't give a shit about where you're from, like what your regional flavor is locally. And you have people in just like from a practical standpoint saying, okay, there are, these, are, these are the two standards. I... You know, I've got my deck here and, and what I'm literally seeing in my own matches and, and just like watching other people play is like, okay, I've got my old school deck. I might be from the US. I've got an EC rules deck. I might be from Europe. I've got a Swedish rules deck. I might be in the US and I like playing the Swedish format, whatever, whatever it is. Every time you would get into one of these games, you would say, okay, well, what format are we playing? Oh, like, no, don't worry about it. Like I can, I can add a couple strip mines to my list. Oh, don't worry about it. Like I can, I can like, I don't, I, I don't care if you're playing Acacian Javelineers. Like, oh, like, don't worry about it. Like, but I, everyone I actually worried about it. <laughs> Yeah, I can just I can just switch a few cards so we can get down to the practical business of just playing this fucking card game together. Right. Right. And so really where this ended up coming from was seeing out of seeing a need for like a practical midway point between Swedish and EC to solve this just very like run of the mill issue that people were running up against when they were looking for webcam games. And so I got to talking to a bunch of folks who are frankly smarter than I am, people who are really, really good of the game you know guys like you know mano like svanta landgraf will mcgran like will larson florian i don't know probably another half dozen people after that and just asking them questions about the you know the banned and restricted lists and what they what they liked what they didn't like what opportunities they saw and so we started the other thing that we were seeing is people starting to ask literally in the in the webcam group for one strip plus fallen empires games like that's not even a format like what are you guys talking about and so eventually by the end of 2018 these conversations did progress to a point where we said okay like we can just we should just coalesce like a like a standard that basically meets this this need that we're seeing in the marketplace for something in between these two competing standards just so people can have a practical way of finding games they know what they're expecting and then and they basically looked at me and said hey like you are organizing events like you are in a position to actually make this thing real and jared Doucette from from neos also had a hand in this because this was around the time that he was kicking around the idea of starting a monthly webcam league which he did in in early 2019 and so he and i decided to like make the first tournament series that use this standard, you know, kind of coincide with the with the branding of this one strip fallen empires thing as Atlantic, which is just a cheeky reference to the fact that it's literally physically in between the US and Europe in international waters. Okay. And okay. So that's that's All kind right. of where, where All it came right. from. I, we see you. Clever. Sneaky sneaky. Not my idea. I think that was Florian so, actually. I mean, do you guys have like a rules committee? that actually looks at the format? Because you guys have had unbannings in the format. I'm just curious, like... We have... Uh, okay, so the one the one change that was made, we it's only changed once. It was recall, if I remember correctly. It was recall. And so, and we were able to make that change because one of the two reference points for the format, unrestricted recall. So here's another thing that you guys might not understand. Atlantic is not really its own... It's it's a compromise standard. Um, right. And it's, it's sort of out there just as a thing that people can use. 
use. So New England Old School happens to use Atlantic rules right now, but like if we switched back to EC like next year, Atlantic would still exist like as a standard that's out there that clubs can use or not as they as they see fit, right? Right, exactly. So, but the other thing about it is that it uses these uses Swedish and EC as reference points, and it does not color outside those two lines. Yeah, I'm aware of that. I was well, see, I I wasn't actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to finish the thought, like by definition, like we are looking to what's happening with the Swedish rule set and what's happening with EC in order to define even what's possible. We're right. not going to do anything. Well, I mean, and this was this was the at least the philosophy coming into it in in 2018 because like these were the respected formats that we didn't we didn't want to go to something crazy like say that you can play an unlimited number of plague rats in your deck for some reason like we, we weren't we weren't willing to go there because that wasn't being done at the time right right so yes that's right it, it did change once when swedish unrestricted recall that same group of people that i just mentioned basically we all kind of put our heads together and said okay what are the impacts here well if they're if, if swedish is doing it they think it's safe enough like you know whatever and another guiding principle was that we want to be as permissive as possible if we think that things can reasonably be unrestricted we unrestrict them and we want to basically lift as many different archetypes towards vibe like tier one viability as possible if the card pool which is from 93 94 can never change like if the card pool can support a really good workshops deck a really good twiddle vault deck a really good a talk like whatever we want to see all those strategies like at their at their strongest or close to their strongest anyway interesting i know i give you a lot of shit about the elephant in the room where we'll get to this a little bit later but slash in episode two of this yeah well <laughs> the thing the thing that i didn't quite realize is you were kind of dancing on a tightrope to try to bring together two communities by creating this format like I always just thought that this was like, well, we like Swedish, but we want Fallen Empires, which hearing you talk about it, 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 it's actually different than that. You're actually trying to bring together the European community and the North American community where obviously mm -hmm. we have differences of opinions on aesthetics and things like that, where Swedish is very much, you know, it's unlimited back. There's no revised. And in the US, it's as long as it's original art, original border, we're cool with it. Run what Brung. Yeah, so, you know, I never really thought about that, but I do want to talk a little bit about, like, metagame things, you know, that we kind of... Yeah, sure. That, that Rich and I noticed in playing in LobsterCom. Obviously, I'm going to bite my tongue a little bit. I'm not going to be. I'm not, I didn't bring you here to roast you at all. I really didn't. I, I've already been very impressed. I have to say, you're you're doing great. Well, so I, I have a lot of respect for you. Is what it is. Is that were you a lesser man, I would be totally just shitting down your neck right now and not caring. But I respect you, DFB. I I do. We've we've had many drinks together. We've played games. We've we've talk shit over the years back and forth and you know i appreciate that we could actually have a conversation about this because this yeah. we'll always have that really horrible sushi place in roanoke oh, oh my god <laughs> That the, that the locals pointed us to they're like oh yeah this place is great we Lines. walk in okay this kind oh of looks crappy but yeah. we'll try it Ugh. an entire hour and you never got your fucking sushi at least we crushed a lot of sake yeah. that we did <laughs> That was it was like a Burger King that got turned into a fucking sushi. Restaurant. Yeah, it was like a Wendy's yeah. or something. Right? <laughs> Earlier oh that God. day was hilarious because that, that was the first time that, that you and I had actually met in person. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we were standing in the bar area between rounds, and, and I don't remember what we were talking about, but I, I introduced myself, and your response was, "Oh no, I know who you are." <laughs> so we'd, we'd, we'd had a, a cheeky back and forth on the Neos page about four strip mines for I'm sure. the better part of three months at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking about the. Atlantic format. Obviously, in Eternal Central, we have shop, maze, factory, and strip mine all 
unrestricted. So arguably the four most powerful lands ever printed in the game are unrestricted. Bazaar of Baghdad is not a powerful card until you include later later right. editions of magic, but it does very powerful things, but it's very in check. Yeah, in in a vacuum inside of the 9394 card pool, Shop Maze Factory strip mine. They're they're the big four. And I believe that shop is restricted in Swedish, but unrestricted in EC, correct? Yep. And Library of Alexandria being the king of all lands. <laughs> so I guess one of my questions is like, when you look at the format as a whole compared to, if we're looking just in a vacuum at Swedish, they have restricted the two most powerful, well, three most powerful lands. Maze is unrestricted, if I remember correctly. Is that you have restricted strip mine, restricted workshop, and restricted uh, library. You don't see as many of the workshop decks that we see in Atlantic or I, I feel like Atlantic mm-hmm. actually has the highest density of workshop decks versus eternal central or Swedish because in Swedish it's restricted EC. It is kept in check by strip mine. And it seems like that's kind of like the safe space for the, the workshop decks. And, and I'm curious as like how you feel about workshop and the workshop archetype in Atlantic, because obviously it was, it was very dominant in lobster com. It, it had great results it, and we saw different variants it wasn't like there was just one workshop deck there was more than one workshop deck we saw yeah there's a couple different ways of doing it for sure there's not like a standard like it's not like the deck where it's like hey we jam these cards this is the deck there's 55 cards that make the deck we saw brian urbano's deck that was you know i a very very cool workshop deck with alia pile added yeah psychic purges yeah main Weird deck alia pile yeah oh my god Mwah. urbano's amazing he is an innovator for sure and he has destroyed people uh with his shops builds yeah. all over the west coast oh yeah repeatedly he streamed uh arnold schwarzenegger movies in our discord for, <laughs> or in our, our whereby for us i think i saw a picture of that pretty great so i guess one of my things is, is like do you feel like workshop is too dominant in atlantic like should you lean towards the swedish side of the ban list after seeing lobster con and lobster com now where you've had workshop be a very very dominant strategy in the format do you guys make a shift that way is this something that's on the on the docket for the format or are you guys just kind of hey it's it's a four of this is your four of workshop safe space i'm i'm, I'm kind of i'm just generally genuinely curious i'm not trying to like play devil's advocate yeah. no for sure and this is uh, this is something that i hear you know now and again for sure i guess the short answer is i think shops is completely fine i think it's fine in ec i think it's fine in atlantic in in swedish obviously it's restricted they do have a pretty good robots archetype over there but it it, it functional functions a little bit differently yeah. and i think it's fine first of all because i have I, I talk a lot like this is something that i think a lot about right and so like i said i lean on people who are a lot smarter than i am who play a ton of workshops and who you know understand like what the interactions are between workshops and strip mine what strip mine can do for the workshops pilot what what strip mine can do for the player playing against a workshops deck and it's it's complicated and there's a lot of push pull i don't I, I actually don't think it's as cut as dry as put it this way I don't think that shops is clearly better in Atlantic than it is in EC I think that 
Having being a shops pilot and having four strip mines in your deck enables you to compound the very early resource asymmetry that you have. If you have a shop in play and you can aggressively strip your opponent early on, you can you can basically lean into that early advantage. And and so these shop decks and four strip environments tend to behave more like a, they almost have this like light kind of prison aspect to them where like the best fucking card that you can cast off of workshop and four strip is an icy manipulator. I think Martin Berlin showed us that on the Friday night event before Fish Liver Oil Cup back in 2018. I watched that match and it was it was very oppressive. And then from there, from that moment, when when Berlin put that on film, workshops went on a tear in the four strip environment. I mean, it, it was unreal. So after Berlin, you had Will McGran um, taking down Urza's Chalice, the first one, which was 50 players, but it was like 50 of like the best, most enfranchised old school players in the country out in California. I thought he was on ATOG, like ATOG shops. No, he took, he, he won Chalice with, with shops. shops. Okay, okay. And in 2020, the beginning of this year, the second edition of Chalice, 64 players, again, some of the, the best, most enfranchised old school players in the country, in the world. We had Europeans, actually, Svante Landgraf from Sweden came and took it down on Shops. You had Shops winning the Madison Offensive. You had Shops winning the Ruck Cup. These are all four strip events, by the way. You had Shops winning Thunder World's uh, Challenge 2. You had Shops winning the Deep Spawners event, GPLA in 2019. You had not only Shops winning the 77-player Battle of the Sound that the the Horde and the Emerald City guys did in Tacoma, Washington. You had five out of the uh, top eight decks in that tournament workshops in four strip. Yeah. It won the Spring Regrowth, the Minnesota guys did it won bootleggers i think that was urbano right yeah i I think it was it was all over the top eight at spanish nationals last year it was in roanoke so like i i I push back against the idea that it's somehow only dominant in in one strip and just a healthy tier one deck in 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 ec that's not denying like the high the, the strong results that it's put up in atlantic right obviously we had four out of the top eight at lobstercom were shops decks although they all lost before the semis and and i do think that shop is a problematic card in old school because we have icy manipulator we have winter orb we have you, you can just play felwar so you can play four felwar stones and play off of your you know leaning towards the one shop i i actually almost lean towards one shop in old school <laughs> mostly because the most powerful cards in old school that aren't blue are artifacts in my opinion I really do think that they are. Yeah, I mean, I think, but that aside, I think the key question is, is shops too good in old school? Yeah. It it does a lot of very unfair looking things. If you're like newer to the format and you bring your whatever, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you bring your, your Lanawar elf mono green. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. And, and you get run, you get flattened by these fucking things, like I did at uh, in Montreal back in twenty, would have been twenty eighteen, where I'm like, oh, this is a thing that people can do in this format. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, just like you know, shot mock Suchi, you know, copy, copy, you know, you're dead, right? I don't know, man. I think that I think that it it is unfair, but there are a ton of really fundamentally unfair things that can happen in old school. And it's, it's, I think there's a really nice kind of rocks, paper, scissors at the, at the very top of the format. I, I think the deck generally has a pretty good matchup against shops. Oh, anyway. absolutely. Absolutely. It, like shops obviously has a pretty good matchup against ATOG. ATOG has a pretty good matchup against the deck. And then, and you can sub in some other, you know, archetypes kind of in and around there. Right. Him, you, the blue red deck that is kind of, yeah. Like your father's, Blue red counter burn or whatever. 
Yeah. And Atog is kind of in that space. You have like the lion, the different lion div, like Wonderbread builds. Yeah. Um, they're all very good. Him, you. I think, I don't know, there, there has to be a best deck. And it's and mono black. Al- I, I'm almost, I love, mo- I love mono black too. <laughs> I do too. I, lo- I love, actually the rack is like one of my favorite. I mean, might be the best. I'll tell you what, Rich. The best I've ever done in any old school tournaments to this point have been with hymns and racks. Yep. I won. I, I somehow beat. Well, I know I can tell you how I beat Mike Schaffenacker in the <laughs> the May Neos monthly oh, last please year. Please tell us. Please tell us. And when in game three, he's on like fully powered Atog, whatever. He has the nuts, of course, in game three. And he's, you know, crushing me. I have literally a strip mine and a swamp in play. And he's, you know, he's gone like whatever. Vice, Mox, 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 Tog, you know, bolt you, bolt you. He goes in, he goes to swing in for whatever, 13 on the final turn. And I tear his Atog. <laughs> he's, he's sacked all of his artifacts. He sacked his entire board to kill me. That's amazing. He's wow. like, he's oh. like, you're going to make me say it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, sack everything and kill you. I'm like, fuck you, terror. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I won that tournament Get on him. unpowered on unpowered mono black That's completely. Awesome. Oh my god! So I'm I'm a filthy powered black player. Kingslayer, however, has been known for pushing our shit in with unpowered black. So I'm I that brings yeah, obviously like the jet is face. so the jet is so good, but. But what I did in that, actually, that was when I was, when Atlantic was just kind of brand new. This was the first season of the Neos Monthly. And I, you know, I heard some people asking or, you know, some criticism out there that like, you know, what is this going to do for unpowered players? Like, you better make sure that this is okay. I said, okay, for the next five months, I'm literally going to play nothing but monocolored unpowered decks and see how I I do. I think mono green and mono black in Atlantic are very good, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. unpowered decks because you have cards like scavenger folk in mm-hmm. green you've got you know obviously the him you know yeah the the entire mono black yeah the entire mono black package you know i've run relic barriers in mono black also like if you're if you're casting you can cast icy off a of dark ritual and that's great you but sure just can. like a random relic barrier around to reinforce like your sinkholes your strips mm-hmm. and, and whatnot it's it's just further you know, leaning into that denial strategy. In green, you've got crumble, you've got tranquility. I mean, I, I feel like black. You have Argothian are, Pixies, oh, like the best green. Yeah, creature. because you don't, you can't block with a factory. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I feel like the Atlantic just has like a different spice to it. And having played the format, I, I will say we, right now we need to discuss one thing. We had a bet, and I need you to send me the charity that I need to send for forty two dollars <laughs> to because. I lost six of seven rounds. I lost five of those to Blue Stew. I did beat Blue Stew once, and I blew up 17 islands. <laughs> so you owe the charity of my choice $22, and I owe $42. 22 okay. I can, yeah, we can we can take care of that, no problem. And as, as for the 42 you can just give it to the Boston, uh, the Greater Boston Food okay. Bank, who is our recipient for, for the next event that I'm holding, the, the Lightning Ball. Well, there we go. And we're going to bring that event up uh later in just a little bit what i've realized is you know atlantic is is a very blue centric format much like legacy is for you know sanctioned formats is that like you're gonna play against blue a lot and you need to have a game plan and i wasn't ready for that and i do want to apologize to my opponent that i hung up on the call from 
where I forgot about that game, until just now. Game, game one, I died on turn five. Game two, he went turn one, mind twist you for seven. That'll happen. Next and game. yep, I just was like, "Cool, you win," and hung up the call. So I I apologize to whoever that was. I I can be a very salty asshole about that, but. You know, I I will say is that I had a great time in the event. I met some really great people and it was, I think, a resounding success in an online old school world. Like you you set the bar very high for anybody trying to do something like that. And kind of segueing in, you have another event coming up very soon that I have registered for and you were playing for strip mine. So I instantly was just rock hard, had to masturbate, you know, (laughs) I, I literally was just like, he doesn't hold back. I was just like pulling strip mines out of deck boxes and choosing what, do I want the FBB set? Do I want the, the set of nothing but towers? Do I want my for art set like what how do i want to play my strip mine deck yeah tell us a little bit about this Colonel central rules format event that you've got coming up now later on this year yeah so i i got one more one day webcam tournament in me <laughs> for for 2020 and i wanted to i wanted to keep experimenting like that's all we're doing this year is trying different thing, <clears throat> things to see what sticks right and so this time i wanted to change the timing we've had a lot of great par- uh, participation from european players for LobsterCon, we had four guys from hawaii uh, you know log in Absolute at whatever three, three in the morning or something yeah they were starting the rounds at like 4 4 a.m their time mm-hmm. which is which is crazy and and meanwhile here on the east coast you have guys you know like me getting up, you know, starting the rounds and whatever at 9, 9, 10 a.m. and not being done until 6 or 7 p.m. and, and their wives going like, what the hell? Um, so I wanted to change the timing partially out of selfish reasons <laughs> so that, you know, I could tell my wife like, hey, I'm doing another event, but wait, it doesn't start until 4 p.m. So like, I'm going to be around for like almost the entire day. Like, don't even worry about it. And so... So basically, I've adjusted the timing, and that's like that's the experiment for this. this well, it's event. also going to really help like the European crowd, you know. In my, it, wait, I don't understand how. Nope. It'll help the West Coasters and the Hawaiian God guys. God damn it! Sorry, I don't understand how time travel slash time zones work. Yeah. Just like I can't read, I don't understand them. Like yep. when I when I leave North Carolina at eleven a.m. and land in California at three, but I had a six-hour flight. I don't understand that. Yeah, the world is round. What what can we say? <sighs> I'm a, I want to sinkhole it. <laughs> Why stop at sinkhole when you can just Armageddon the whole fucking thing? <laughs> well done, it, uh, it appears that somebody had that idea already. <laughs> Hashtag 2020. This event, in a nutshell, uh, it's Saturday, November 21st. It is from 4 p.m. to like midnight or so Eastern, which is 1 p.m. West Coast time. I'm told it is subtracted like 11 a.m. Hawaii time. Oh, nice. Good on you. I've already had a couple insane Europeans tell me that they're going to start at 10 p.m. Oh and play God. all night. Oh, that's awesome. Because they are, I mean, they are that they are that way. And it's actually not much different from, from actual NoobCon where literally, no joke, round one starts at t- like 2 p.m. or so. And last year anyway, the top eight went until 6.30 in the morning the next day. Jesus. Hardy, hardy. Yeah, that was special. <laughs> made for a rough, rough next day because there were other events like on the Saturday too. But anyway, we, we've got a, hop- a couple of hardy European souls who've already suggested that they're going to throw throw in for this. And it'll be for strip mine. Like I said, I in terminal organizing, I'm always looking for things that 
the market is asking for. And I know there's been, you know, a, a lack of four strip events this year because of, you know, the COVID thing and, you know, no in-person events. So I want to, I want to make sure that, you know, those needs are being met too. I know Casey and the, the Music City guys threw together great event, the SummerSlam uh, over, I guess, like August or so. And there have been a lot of like, Local clubs like doing things. I know like like Alamo City guys have done some stuff. Chicago guys have done some stuff, obviously. But I'd, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to be able to, to, to contribute to this too. So the event will be EC Rules. We're going to have a great time. It'll be capped at 128 people. I think we have like 35 or something signed up. Still early days though. We've got like four or five weeks to go. Yeah. So definitely hoping that all of the, the EC Rules like communities across the country and Canada are, are promoting this and, and planning on joining. Hopefully the timing works out for, for people. I know some guys have already said like, yes, like as a dad or like, other, you know, other things going on or whatever, like this timing is better for me. Some people have said, oh, this one doesn't work. Like that was always going to be the way, the way it would be just because of the, of the shift. But you know, it's another experiment. I'm excited to see how it, how it wraps up and proceeds this time. It's only 10 bucks to enter and proceeds will be going to the greater Boston food bank again, because of COVID times, you know, food banks have been getting hit extra hard. Sure. So yeah, we want to definitely. Shore them up, especially going into the holiday season and, and the winter time. So. Well, as an alcoholic, 4 p.m. is definitely a better start time because it's harder to explain <laughs> to my wife, I'm going to start drinking at 10 a.m. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's the middle <laughs> of an ocean, but it is somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, Dave, I just have to say is you, you were a constant innovator as far as, you know, tournament aspect, the online aspect of, you know, summer derby the winter derby lobster con those kind of things so you know i just i want to thank you so much for everything you do for this community the first time i met you i remember just saying hey man like ash told me to come say hi to you and and yeah, yeah. you were like dude you you like handed me a beer out of your bag and i was like holy shit all right yeah cool let's have a beer and we you know we we were talking about old school and it's just i feel like this community has you you epitomize the best parts of this community and you know i i know i talk a lot of shit about strip mine and atlantic you know on the podcast <laughs> but i, I do want to say is thank you for coming on what is the worst eternal magic podcast known to man um we, we are the first of the worst um so thank you for slumming it with us <laughs> much like you know in say you know maxim magazine or vogue or anything where they have like the one question that everybody wants to know what format do you prefer are we talking about old school formats duh if i had to play one 93 94 format for the rest of my yep. life to the exclusion of all others it would be atlantic for sure i think it just it gives you the the best of everything and you know room to innovate to the extent that you can and, and a little bit of room to breathe but but that said, it's it's all good. I mean, I think I would I would still go crazy on that desert island because <laughs> I I actually I love playing EC. I love playing Swedish. I love all these other crazy whether it's one point five or seven eleven or the you know different singleton variants. Like I played Beast Singleton, Seven Point Singleton, just within the last couple months. W what I love about old school is that like. Now that we have this community that we we know all these people are here because they love these old cards so much. I see the old school community as like a 
basically like a, a base camp. Like 9394 is like the, the anchor that's keeping us all here. But we can launch so many different like side quests and adventures into all these different weird corners and, and side formats and just kind of make up new things all the time. As long as we kind of have, you know, this this anchor, the love for the old cards that's that's keeping us here. And these in these pillar formats, you know, the Swedishes, the Atlantics, the ECs of the world um, that are, you know, providing some kind of like steady frame of reference with predictable events that people know that are coming down the pike. And as long as we can do that, you know, we can keep everyone here and we can have any number of, of crazy adventures together. So well spoke much more eloquently than either of us could do. <laughs> Basically, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time with us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm going to apologize because I feel like I shit on the whole purpose of the format at this point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Once you started going into like the, the origins of it yeah. and everything, we both sat there. It's like, man, we're both fucking jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, I know uh, the apology is appreciated, but not not at all necessary. I like for me, it's like the the there is the quote unquote correct way to do these formats. Like, who gives a shit? Like, if you're having if you're having a good time, you know, stripping your friends out and getting stripped out and like shit posting Arnold Schwarzenegger all over the place and 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 like and that's how you want to define like your club and, and the way you're enjoying the, the game. And and to and be clear, like, all of that is going to continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that's, that's just how we. That's, there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that right so like you know you, you gotta keep doing your thing you gotta you gotta own your brand i i see you you know no no but i but i appreciate it thanks absolutely we we love having you here so one one last time for everybody the the lightning ball is november 21st that's a saturday it is at the very west coast friendly start time 4 p.m till god knows when dave if people are looking for you on social media, want to play some some games, where can they find you? I'm at dfirthbard on Twitter. I am DFB on the Old School Discord. I am on Facebook, Dave Firthbard, and I'm you know I'm obviously in the the major Facebook groups. the The webcam group obviously is the the one that I'm in the most, and obviously the New England Old School group. Otherwise, I'm I actually I technically am one of the moderators for the subreddit, although I don't don't go there very often anymore. That's uh, slash r slash old school mtg and that's pretty much it i don't i know there's like a good instagram scene for old school i'm I'm not there so if you followed me like so many have on instagram looking for magic photos i'm sorry <laughs> i mostly post pictures of like food and, and hiking and stuff that's what i use mine for so makes sense yeah, exactly things that spark joy so thanks everybody for listening hope hope you enjoyed you can find jamie at hacks mtg you can find me at the spooner man you can check out our geocities-esque crap pile of a website <laughs> at hacksmtg.com and thank you for listening we'll uh catch you guys here really really soon with our tournament report and some closing thoughts on the format have a great night everybody it was a pleasure thanks guys Twisted. This rap shit is mine, motherfuckers. A fucking game. Fuck what you heard. It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. X gon' give it to you.